It's Richard's Famous Food Podcast! Jumping to the ground! Oh, hey there. Will you pass me that beach towel? Guess I should cover up. It's time for Richard's Famous Food Podcast. You know the vibes, man. It's time for Richard's Famous Food out there in the world sweltering sweaty muggy humid unpleasant everybody's fussing and fighting what we call the dog days of summer makes you want to howl like a dog you know let's take a moment together and just let it all out You know what would feel better? I don't Is a soothing, cold, spicy beer cocktail from Mexico. That's right. I'm talking about a michelada. Oh, you don't know what a michelada is. No, no, what a michelada is. But that's okay. I got you. Because out there, the world is unpleasant. But in here, I'm mixing up a refreshing and delicious michelada podcast. And this one's got your name on it. Say, can I have that beach towel now? Eh, forget about it. I'll just air dry. It's Richard's famous food podcast. Where are you and what's happening when you try to reach your earliest memories of this drink? Because to me, a michelada is just lime and salt. Although, I mean, some people would disagree. The first time I ever had beer was that. This is Fernando Lopez, founder of I Love Micheladas. I make and sell michelada mix. I've heard him referred to around town as the michelada poppy. (laughs) Fernando's family is from Oaxaca, and he grew up between there and here in LA. I remember my uncle gave me a tecate, and he poured lime on the rim. So it was kind of floating on top of the can, and then with salt sprinkled on it. It just tasted... Good. (laughs) That was like my first beer experience. Acidity, salt, and an ice-cold Mexican lager. These three things make up the baseline of a michelada. A really dope cumbia baseline. From there, you have your whole reservoir of ingredients, depending on your personal profile. The typical additional ingredients in a michelada tend to the spicy, the savory, and the umami rich. A lot of people would say that the next ingredient would be tomato juice. I disagree. I probably personally would add Worcestershire sauce. You can also add soy sauce, liquid aminos if you're into that, smoked chipotle, chile piquín, chile pasilla. I know some people add barbecue sauce. Pickle juice is one of the things that people throw on there. I know people who add ketchup to it. Glasses are rimmed with salt, chamoy, and tahini. It feels like every time you make it, it tastes a little different. Before long, the layers of flavors have created something entirely new. A good michelada has to be balanced. The sum of its parts have to become a thing onto itself. It can't taste like any one overwhelming thing. Let me ask you this. Why, why did you become interested in micheladas as a topic? Well, Fernando, I wasn't really planning on getting into this, but I guess as a food journalist, I'm interested in defining the michelada. Yeah. I mean, the history in Mexico, you know, what it means today to people like you. In L.A., or Texas. Yeah, exactly. And maybe after that, I could get into a little bit of what its future might be. Yeah. I'm hoping that maybe if I do all these things, it'll be enough to justify the existence of another episode of Richard's Famous Food Podcast. 
So in this episode of Richard's Famous, we're focusing on the Michelada, past, present, and future. You know the vibes, man. If you go to Mexico, any, any town, there's a bar that they claim they invented it. But then I, I, I talk to people all, all over Mexico and they tell me like, oh yeah, in my hometown there's a bar and they say they invented it. I, are you picking? I don't, I don't know. Well, right now there's currently some people doing donuts at the corner of my street. It's part of the soundtrack of LA. South LA. <laughs> All right, let's take it back to Mexico, 1960-something. We're at the Club Deportivo Potosino in San Luis Potosí. A nice place to play tennis, sure, but it's hot. A man named Michel Esper goes straight from the courts up to the bar. He was really hot after playing, so he goes to the bar and he just says that he wants a chela, but with, like, ice. That's Cesar Hernandez. He wrote a big list of L.A.'s best micheladas for L.A. taco. Just adding salt and lime and ice. That's it. The drink catches on, and the man's name, Michel, christens it. The Michelada was born. At least, that's the most widely accepted origin story. But then again, chela is a slang word for beer. Michela means my beer, and Michela helada means my cold beer. So, well, the name could have come from that. When you say it all together, it became Michelada, but essentially it just means my cold beer. Sorry, a, my, my neighbor has a rooster. No, I love it. Um, it's kind of, uh, I don't know how to pronounce this word, but a portmanteau? Portmanteau. Yeah. They're also called the, uh, sorry, the, the, the rooster. I love the rooster. Don't stop the rooster. I'm, I'm a, a rooster, rooster booster. You know the vibes, man. Which brings up the topic of words and names and how trippy they can be. And Mexicans in general, if you know us, you know that we love making up nicknames and shortening things. And I mean, if you if you go to like a Mexican neighborhood, everybody has three nicknames, you know? And it turns out that when it comes to this category of beverage, there's many more nicknames even than that. I grew up with micheladas around me, but I didn't know they were called micheladas. What were they called? Preparadas, like a preparada or a cubana. I don't know what a cubana is. It's essentially a michelada. It's just by, goes by a different name. Okay. Like my mom has something similar, but she calls it a ruso. It's just a chelada. Cheladas. Chelada. Chelada preparada or a chela. Blondie. Suero. Recently going back to Mexico and asking for a michelada, people look at me, they're like, oh, you want a guera? Mm, so many terms. So the michelada here is different from the michelada in Mexico, technically. That couldn't be more true. In the last 10 years, big beer in the U.S. has started making big plays in the michelada game. And the way they've presented the michelada to a wider audience here has underlined one of the drink's most controversial aspects. Everything in Mexican culture gets commodified. It's become a bigger topic. That's not a michelada. <sighs> They're trash. More on that after this break. And now, let's get back to the show. Good morning. Could the Mexican Michelada be the sleeper hit of U.S. Big Beer? In 2018, eight big Michelada brands, including ones made by Anheuser-Busch, accounted for $380 million in grocery sales. That's as much as Americans spent on Anheuser-Busch's craft beer offerings that year. And in the years since, those numbers are steadily growing. But here's the thing. Is what they're selling actually a Michelada in terms of how we've defined it on this podcast? 
It's 7.30, which uh, is a pretty good time to start drinking a michelada. Isn't that right? Memo Torres, writer for LA Taco. So what's up, guys? It's Memo here. Well, definitely. It's like a it's like a breakfast drink to me. <laughs> Nothing hits better than a good michelada, like, you know, when you wake up hungover. It's hot out here, man. Hot. It's cloudy, like, for a whole month, and then we get some sun. Finally, we're going to have micheladas. I wanted to talk to Memo because recently he did a taste test of all the commercial canned prepared offerings from the big companies. Sometimes it's hard to get to all those michelada spots, so we're also going to try ones you can get at the store. Spoiler alert, for the most part, they're all pretty bad. But what's interesting is that they're all pretty bad for mostly the same reason. Sweet. Really tomatoey. Yeah. It's like a sweet tomato. This is a beer for someone who likes ketchup. <laughs> the flavor is like that classic michelada balance. The culprit? They rely too heavily on the tomato juice aspect of it. I don't know how that started with putting clamato in it. That, that's always been a mystery. An RFFP deep dive into the records revealed that the corporate over-tomatoization of the michelada comes back to one brand, Clamato. The tomato juice seasoned with a dash of clam juice originated in the US, but by the 1990s, Clamato had caught on big time in Canada and in Mexico as an ingredient in seafood cocktails, in ceviches, and yes, even in micheladas and similar beer cocktails, particularly in the northern states of Mexico. But at this point, about 20 years ago, Clamato sales in the US were lagging. That is, until the company realized it could market its product to the large and ever-growing population of Latinos living in the United States. They sank millions into marketing and ads on TV. They teamed with Budweiser on an early commercialized version of the Michelada, and generally other big companies followed suit, mass-marketing tomato-forward canned beer cocktails and repositioning the Michelada as the Mexican Bloody Mary. Today, if you visit the company's website, you're greeted by a slow-mo video. Dual streams of Clamato and beer geysering into a salt-rimmed mug. The authentic Michelada, the caption reads. Just Clamato and beer? That's not a Michelada. But who gets to decide what a drink is and what it isn't? That happens after the fact when one player kind of takes over the market. I mean, like, I'll tell you just bluntly, I mean, I hope mine becomes the quintessential Michelada flavor profile. Right? Clamato with beer? That sounds gnarly. Like, I don't want to drink that. With Fernando, Christine Garcia is working on transforming the image of the Michelada back to something more complex and layered and appealing to craft tastes. They're part of a crop of new companies, bartenders, and restaurant owners striving to redefine the American Michelada against the dominant corporate image. We get orders from everywhere. I'm talking like middle America, places I've never heard of, um, places that kind of sound a little scary to drive through, I will be honest. We're bringing this vibe that we built and set to the masses, and we get orders from all over the country. I really hope to one day have it at Applebee's, you know, or like a ubiquitous chain restaurant where you don't imagine having a good michelada. Stadiums, places like that. If anybody listening works at a stadium or works at Applebee's and you want to upsell your beer to a michelada, hit me up. All right. My cell number is 323-770-6931. He's giving out the number. (laughs) We built our brand off of the product and the vibe. What's your vibe? Maybe some cumbias, maybe some West Coast hip hop, whatever you feel like, put it on shuffle. Go down to the Echo Park Lake and crack open some micheladas. Just like hang out. It's just hang out vibe. Hang out vibe. I like it. Feeling kind of fly, baby, what's your vibe? It's like Christmas in July with my Michelada's eyes. A peak play production in the tape deck. 
when Richard drops a pod, you must cherish and respect. They're so layered, talents, and dripping with effects. Never listen at 2x, cause the time that I invest. Breakaway coming in like this. RFF to the P is not something you can miss. So subscribe, share, please rate and review. Cause if you do, I make ad sales boku. It's the only life for me. <laughs> they can make you grotto. Pilot set to auto. Never mix gelato. Not a meat gelato. See you next time, a big place. And now, Vavoom to the moon. Whee! <laughs> it's so beautiful. He's flying. It's Richard's famous food podcast.